0: And he is good to his children. and So that's who God is. Um, he's more than just a feel. But also because he's personal, I'm thankful this morning that we can feel God. Can you say amen? Yeah. And what a refreshing thing it is. What a refreshing time it is when we spend time in worship to the Lord. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And we've experienced that. Right here today, and so even though God's more than a feeling, I'm thankful that we can feel Him, we can experience Him, we can know that we've had church. Can you say Amen? Yeah. We've already had that this morning. Let's take your Bibles, please. Turn to Matthew chapter number 18. While you find um, Matthew 18 in your copy of the Word of God, I want you to ask you some uh, pretty serious questions. And what I would like to do, is just by show of hands, I want to see if this re- if this relates to you, I- if you would say yes to these things. First of all, how many of you have ever been really angry at someone else? Anybody? Most of the time what happens, we get angry at other people because they do things that we think they shouldn't have done. Or maybe they don't do things that we think they should have done. And So we all have probably been angry at someone in our life. Probably been very angry at someone in our life. How many of you have ever been the cause of someone else's (laughs) anger? Two. I think all of us have been there. We've been the reason why somebody else, you know, got angry. Maybe we did something we shouldn't have done or we didn't do something that we should have done. That's where we are. How many, in, in, uh, how many of you have ever been in an argument? Anybody? Now, I'm going to confess to you that I know this don't happen in your house, in your marriage, with your children. Um, but it does in mine from time to time. Sometimes we have what I like to call spirited disagreements, right? I don't want to call them arguments, but we spirited very spiritedly, I guess you'd say, disagree on, um, on, on some things. And so we have some spirited um, discussions, spirited disagreements from time to time. And so, yeah, I think all of us have had an argument. Let me ask you this. How many of you ever started an argument? <laughs> it's, it's funny, man. Sometimes we'll raise our hand way up here and then sometimes we'll put it right here. <laughs> but, but that's really where we live. I mean, sometimes... Uh, we get into arguments with people, and sometimes we're the reason for the argument. I mean, that's just that's just human nature. That's life. That's living in the fallen world that we live in. That's just how it is. How many of you have ever had your feelings hurt really bad by something someone said? Anybody? By something someone said, or some, something someone did, or maybe something that someone didn't do. I, I remember when me and my wife first got married. Uh, we've been married probably two or three months there, and we had had some of those spirited discussions that I've, I'm talking about. I know it takes a little bit to learn one another. And, and at, at three months, you just get into this thing. And when you start living with somebody, you you begin to know them like um, like nobody else. I mean, you never really know somebody till you live with them. And so me and my wife had been been married about three months. and, and, and she came to me one day. We had had one of those arguments, one of those spirited discussions. And she is crying. get it. She said, you know, a lot of times it's not what you say, but how you say it. You know what? I have found that to be so true in my life. Not just in my relationship with my wife, but with everybody. Now, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but I can be very spiritual. I I can be um, very emotional. Matter of fact, I've tried and and I've prayed that God would put a filter on my mouth. Because a lot of times... Uh, it m- My thoughts uh, seem to bypass, or excuse me, what comes out of my mouth seems to never pass through my brain before it comes out of my mouth. That happens to me from time to time. So I prayed that God would help me in that. That, that He would help me to watch what I say. And how you know we need to do that? We need to watch what we say. Because what you say means something to someone else. You are um, at least expressing your feelings toward that person through your words. And so words matter. I, when I was a little boy, I was told, I remember in elementary school, that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Whoever said that, um, is that, that folks, that's not true. That's, that's wrong. There, there couldn't be a more wrong statement. What you say absolutely does matter. So be careful what you say. Think about what you're saying. And think about what you're saying and how it affects Somebody else, because it is affecting them. You know, you've got to to think about what you say, but for me, you've also got to think about how you say it. Like I said, I can be very emotional, and if if you don't hear it come out of my mouth, usually you'll see it on my face. It's hard for me to hide it. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm kind of an open book. What you see is what you get with me a lot of times. And so I really got to pay attention to what I say, but also how I say it. A lot of times I can get very passionate about something and, and listen, not really be meaning it in a wrong way, but it comes across as me being angry or it comes across as me being harsh when when I really don't mean to be. So when I'm dealing with people, I have to watch those two things. And I would encourage you, you know, do the same thing. It matters what you say. All of us, though, have had our feelings hurt. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever been the cause Of someone else's feelings getting hurt by what you say, by what you do, or by what you don't do. All of us have that. We are all on both sides of the fence on this. Now, if you've raised your hand to any of these questions that I've just asked you this morning, man, I've got a message for you. I've got a message straight from the Word of God that will help you. Because it's helped me if you'll take it and apply it to your life. And that's what we must do if it's going to be helpful. We've got to apply. So let's look in Matthew chapter number 18. The title of my message this morning is Freedom From Forgiveness. Matthew 18, we'll start reading in verse number 21. Look what it says. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Now watch. Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee until seven times seven. Until 70 times 7, verse 22. So really what Peter is saying is, Lord, when am I going to be off the hook? How long do I keep forgiving people that's doing me wrong? Right? Because in the law it said, in the Old Testament law, in the Levitical law, it said that you forgive people seven times. That's all you were required to do. Peter knew this. And he said, Lord, is that still good? Are we still good on, on that? Because I know you've changed a lot of stuff. And I want to make sure... That, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So is it okay if I just give people seven tries? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think this morning, folks, that Jesus meant you are to give people 490 times? That's what 70 times 70 is. I know some of you were doing the math right there. Okay, I've got 394 more times to go, and then I'm done with you. Or I'm done with her. No, no, that's, that's not at all what... Jesus is me. If you go back and read what, how Luke records this in his gospel, you'll see that Jesus says, if, you, if somebody wrongs you seven times in a day and they come to you and repent, they come to you and ask for forgiveness, then you need to forgive them. He said, brother, if somebody does the same thing to me seven times in a day, I mean, that's absurd. That's, that's crazy that I'm supposed to forgive them. Well, let me ask you something. How many times do you come to God a day and ask him to forgive you. How many times is that necessary? That's how he deals with us, right? And then he tells us a parable about what all this means. Look what it says in verse twenty-three. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which dwelled, which owed him ten thousand talents. And I want you to get the picture. In my Bible, in the margins here, it says that those 10,000 talents that he's talking about is about $10 million. So this servant owed the king a $10 million debt. Now watch what happens. For for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all of it. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus. How many of you are thankful God shows compassion? And the king in this story represents how God deals with us as his servants. And the Bible says the king had compassion. Compassion is nothing more than love in action. It's love where rubber meets the road. (laughs) Amen? It's love walked out when she loved it. And so this king had compassion on his servant. And look what he says. Watch this now. Uh-oh. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Go on. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a 100 pence. And let me tell you what a 100 pence was. This 100 pence that's being spoken is about 20 bucks. All right? So get the picture. The servant owed the king how much? $10 million. The king, because of his compassion for his servant, that love in action, forgave the debt, free and clear. But when it came to that servant who was forgiven, forgiving someone else who owed him only $20, watch what he does. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now watch. So when his fellow servant saw that what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. And his Lord, after that he had called unto him, said, O thou wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you asked me. Then go on. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. Verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. If you believe the word of God this morning, say amen. Let's pray together. Father, we need you. We love you. Lord, we believe this morning you are able to do all things. Father, I can do nothing. These people need not hear what I have to say. They need to hear the truth of Your Word spoken in the power of You, Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we're asking that You have complete will, uh, reign and, and, and do Your will in this service. Have Your way today, Lord. We're praying that You speak to hearts, change lives, fill me up, pour me out for Your honor and Your glory. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, this morning, right here in this sanctuary, there are many who are dragging around one of two different types of chains. Whether you're sitting in the sanctuary or you're listening to me online, many are dragging around chains of guilt and bitterness. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Some of you are in the prison of guilt. You're chained up in the prison of guilt because you know deep down in your heart of hearts You've wronged someone that you love, that you are close to, that you are friends with, that you care about. You've wronged them, but your pride won't let you go to them and ask for forgiveness. And so because of that, you feel guilty. And that guilt has become a burden around your neck, just like some heavy chains. You're in that prison and you need to be set free. Now listen to me. Some of you have those chains of guilt on you, and some of you have chains of bitterness on you. Let me tell you why you're bitter, because somebody has wronged you. It's not that you've wronged someone else, but through no fault of your own, someone has wronged you. And listen, you will not give forgiveness, because your pride won't let you. Amen. they wronged you, so you automatically think, many times we do this, when we use our human nature and human reasoning to make decisions to the Spirit of God, to the truth of the Word of God. But we think, well, if somebody's wronged me, I want to wrong them. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to do them one better. And so you are chained in the prison of bitterness. Now, let me tell you something. Let, let me, please don't misunderstand me this morning. Hear me plainly. I want to caution you. You must not allow that root of bitterness to keep growing in your life. Because if you do, I'll promise you this. It'll grow like kudzu and choke the life out of you. Bitterness will ruin you. It will ruin your relationships, it will ruin churches, it will ruin ministries. Listen, it will ruin what God wants to do when you harbor a heart full of bitterness. So many of us who are here this morning are dragging around chains of guilt. meaning are dragging around chains of bitterness. So why do I entitle this message, Freedom from forgiveness. It is only through forgiveness, listen to me now, that you get freedom, listen to me, uh, of guilt and bitterness. And you can have that right here today, each and every one of us. And Jesus Himself tells us exactly how we do it right here in the Word of God. There's three things that I want us to see this morning. First of all, I want you to see the reasons that we should forgive. (laughs) Then I want you to see the requirement for forgiveness. And then I want you to see, listen to me now, the results of the forgiveness you give or you receive from someone else. Now look, look what happens, watch this now. Reasons to forgive. Number one, we should forgive others for God has forgiven us. If you believe it, say amen. amen. We should forgive other people because God is, that's what this parable is all about, remember? He is the King. That's who represents God the Father. And He's forgiven us a great debt. Now, how many of you understand this morning, salvation, freedom from your sin, forgiveness from your sin, has always been free. If you believe it, say amen today. But it's never been cheap. It's never been cheap. Forgiveness costs something. Let's just say today that uh, I owe Brother Eric Harris, I owe him $1,000. And I go to Eric and I say, Eric, I tell you what, I know I owe you this money, but right now I just can't pay you that money. I, I, I owe you, I know I owe it, I know that I'm in debt to you, but I can't pay it. And Eric says, I tell you what, because I love you, I'm going to forgive you that whole $1,000 debt. You're free to go. You're free. Now, let me let me say, it, it cost Eric $1,000 to forgive that debt. Would you agree? How do you understand? We have all... At least one at one point in time, owed a debt we couldn't pay to the Lord. Every one of us. Listen to what J. Vernon McGee says. J. Vernon McGee says it like this. When we sin against God, heaven sues us for the damages. Therefore, we owe a debt that we cannot pay. And that's true. We owe a sin debt that we can't pay. Now this is the good news. God, because He loves us, has shown us His grace. And He's shown us His grace in the person of His Son and through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. His perfect birth, His perfect life, His perfect sacrifice on the cross. Listen, God has made a way through the shedding of the blood of Christ for our sins to be forgiven. Isn't that good news? Because God loves you. He made a way for your sin debt to be paid. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but what? He washed it white as snow. See, we must be washed clean of our sin for our sin problem to be taken care of for us to realize the forgiveness that God has offered through the person of His Son by the finished work of His Son, we must, by grace, through faith, trust in Him as Savior. And guess what? We are saved. We need a Savior because we need saving from the penalty and the punishment of our sin. That's what salvation is all about. God forgives us when we ask Him. Therefore, we should forgive others when they ask us. Let me give you a good verse. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7. If you're taking notes, I hope you are, write this verse down. It's really good. Ephesians 1, 7. Watch what the Bible says. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Brother, I want to thank you for singing about the blood. This morning, we sang a whole lot about the blood. I love that. Let me tell you why. Because there's power in His blood. There's power in the blood to forgive sin. There's power in the blood to heal relationships. There's power in the blood, listen to me, to do what's needed in my life and in your life. So this morning, I'm thankful for the redemption we have through His blood. We are redeemed. We are uh, set free. Um, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ from the penalty verse in. Look, look in Ephesians 4.32. This is another great verse. Look what it says. Ephesians 4, verse number 32. And be kind one to another, tender heart, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, watch this now. Hath forgiven you. Let me tell you what I've heard. What I've experienced. What I've also thought myself from time to time. I know I need to forgive. And people will say, brother, I know I need to forgive. And I know I need to move past it. But you just don't know what they've done to me. What they've said to me. You just don't know how they treated me. You don't know how they left me out. And looked me over. You don't know what they've done. And I know not Let me say something to you. (coughs) I am not in any way trying to diminish the fact that people do hurt people. That's real. That's right where we live. Can you say amen? And I'm not trying to look over that. And so if you have been hurt, I'm not trying to make light of it. But hear me plainly. Has anybody Put a cat of nine tails across your back. Has anybody pressed a crown of thorns upon your head? Has anybody put spikes through your wrists and through your feet and hung you on a cross? Has anybody spit on you, ridiculed you, plucked your beard out? Has anybody hung you naked on a cross? Before God and man. And you say, well, what do you mean by it? Well, the Bible just says it. Be you kind one to another, tend to heart forgive one another, even as, Christ, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. What was necessary for forgiveness to be available to us? The shedding of the blood of Jesus. What was necessary for the shedding of the blood of Jesus? The crucifixion. He said, well, why did the crucifixion have to be so ugly? Because my sin is ugly. Because your sin is ugly. It was for our sin. And so that forgiveness might be available to us. That Jesus went through all that. So, if And so the truth is... I, I'm, I'm at fault for putting that cat of nine tails on his back. I'm at fault for the crown of thorns on his head. I'm at fault for the spikes through his wrists and through his feet. It, y- y'all remember The Passion of the Christ? One of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I, I don't know of any other film that portrays the crucifixion better than The Passion of the Christ. And the Lord has used, that, has used and still uses that in a fantastic way. But I, I was reading an article um, that um, somebody was interviewing Mel Gibson, the director. And do you remember the scene when they were about to crucify Jesus? And you see the hands and the feet of Jesus put there on the cross. And you see that spike and a hand that comes down and, and puts the spike into the wrist. There's a shot of that. And you'll see it if you watch the movie, if you have watched it. And you'll see it again. But that when that hand is holding that spike, you know whose hand that was? That was Mel Gibson's hand. He said, I want to do that because I realize I am at fault for what happened to Jesus at the cross. Now, if we did all of that to Him, He did that for our sin. And He forgives us. Shouldn't we forgive others? Do you see the picture? We are to forgive others because Christ." has forgiven us. Number two, the reason for forgiveness. If you don't forgive others, you shut out God's forgiveness for you. Let me give you a good verse. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. In the summer on the mount, Jesus said it like this. He said, if you choose to withhold forgiveness... God will withhold it from all of us. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass. That is a powerful verse. The only ones who can afford to walk in unforgiveness are the ones who truly never need forgiveness themselves. Now, is anybody in that camp? Anybody in here never need forgiveness? No. We all need forgiveness. (laughs) Each and every day. So you better be careful about withholding forgiveness from someone else. God says, if you withhold it from others, I'll withhold it from you. Chuck Swindoll says, When we withhold forgiveness, we burn the bridge that we ourselves must travel. (laughs) That's good. Number three. An unforgiving spirit will cause us great emotional damage. When we choose to walk in unforgiveness, I've heard it said, walking in unforgiveness, listen to me now, is like like drinking poison and hoping somebody else dies. That's right. That's exactly what happens. Remember me telling you about the root of bitterness? Let me give you a good verse. Hebrews 12 and verse number 15. Watch what the Bible says right here. Hebrews 12, 15, brother. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby, thereby many be defiled. I'm telling you, bitterness not only affects you, but affects everybody else. That's why I say bitterness, because of unforgiveness, will ruin relationships, ruin ministries, ruin churches, ruin marriages. It ruins everything. So it causes us as much damage as everybody else, even though it does hurt everybody else, are you getting me? When you hold on to grudges and you have that attitude that if somebody wrongs me, I got to wrong them back, believe me, that by, by my own experience, that does not help things. That always hurts things, always. Adrian Rogers said this. He said sometimes people live on the hellish level. You say, Brother, what's the hellish level? Well, the hellish level is when you repay good with evil. When somebody does you good, you do evil to them. That's a hellish level. We've all probably experienced that happening to us. And we've all probably at time, from time to time lived on the hellish level. But then he says there are some who live on the human level. You know what the human level is? The human level is like you you treat people like a mirror. I mean, if somebody is good to you, then you'll be good to them. If somebody's bad to you, then you'll be bad to them. If somebody, somebody shows you respect, then you will show them respect. That's the human level. And then he says, there are those who live on the heavenly level. And that's the level God has called his people to. What's the heavenly level? It's when we repay evil with good. Regardless of what anybody else does or says, we're going to do what's right according to God's Word by God's power. Can you say amen? Amen. That's what Jesus did. So the most powerful verses in all the Word of God is the account of the crucifixion where the Bible says, Jesus looked down at the men who had just beaten him, who had just laid that cat of nine tails on his back, who had just pressed those crown of thorns into his head, who had just drove those spots through his wrist and through his feet. He looked down at them from the cross, those men that were still ridiculing him and laughing at him, and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's repaying good. Or excuse me, that's for paying evil with good. That's the heavenly level. And that's the level we can live on by the Spirit of God. Can you say Amen? That's what God has for us. That's what God wants for us. When we choose to walk in unforgiveness, listen, it hurts us as much or more than anybody else. Because really, you deal with it all the time. The people you're mad at, they never deal with it. Number four, reason to forgive. When you forgive, you, you can restore, restore a relationship. Now, that don't always happen. I'm going to be honest. Remember, years ago, there's a dear brother in Christ who I felt had done me wrong. And I can still honestly say today, he did me wrong. He did some things that he shouldn't have did and, and said some things that he shouldn't have said. And I, I, I was angry extremely angry. And I made up my mind. I'm done with him. That's it. That's over. I ain't messing with him no more. I'm done with the whole thing. But you know what? God the Holy Spirit would let me do that. Every time I saw that man, God would bring that back to my remembrance. And so there came a time when I had to go to him and say, look man, we need to work some things out. Let's make this right. And we did. And I can honestly say, right now, today, we have a good relationship. Now, sometimes that, that happens, but that don't always happen. It can, though, restore a relationship when you choose to forgive. That's the reasons we forgive. Well, let me give you the requirements for truly forgiving someone else. Let me give you three of them real quickly. First of all, you need to forgive people freely. Freely. Go to them freely and do it. How many times have you ever done someone wrong? And, and maybe, hey, could be your husband, your wife, friend, co worker, church member, um, anybody, whoever it is. You've done them wrong, and you go to them and say, Look, I've done you wrong in this area, and I've said this, and I've done this, and I shouldn't have done it, and I ask for your forgiveness. And, and they give you a whole long list of all the bad things you did. You ever had that happen? Well, I can't believe you said this. And I can't believe you did that. And you really hurt me right here and there. And and I'm telling you something, this right here really broke my heart. And and, and they just go on and on and on and on about how terrible you are. it's just like pouring salt in an open wound. When you forgive someone, forgive them freely. Forgive them freely. When they come and ask for it, if we're going to be like God wants us to be, Like his example in the parable, the king right then and there said, that $10 million debt, because I love you, it's gone. It's done. I freely forgive you. Let me give you a good verse. Matthew 18, verse 15. Watch what this says. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall bear thee, Thou hast gained thy brother. I love that verse. Let me tell you what I love about the Word of God. The Word of God gives us life like it needs to be lived. And it takes out nothing. It doesn't hide the fact that among brothers and sisters in Jesus, you're going to have some hard feelings from time to time. You're going to have some offenses that hurt people's feelings and make people angry and You're going to have people that have a hard time forgiving because we're just people. We're just sinners saved by grace. Can you say amen? And so the Bible gives us plain, clear directions on what it looks like to get it worked out. It says, look, if you have something against a brother, if there's something going on there that has hurt your relationship, he's offended you in some way, he's done you wrong some way, then you go to them one-on-one and talk to them. Now listen, it doesn't say talk about them. It says talk to them. What we sometimes do, we'll talk to everybody else around us about how somebody else has done us wrong. Well, what's that doing? That's giving everybody else you're telling all this stuff to sometimes good information or not so good information about what's happened with this other person. That's hurting their relationship with that other person. Are you getting what I'm saying? That doesn't help. What helps is you go into that one, that man, man to man, woman to woman, woman to man, whatever the case may be, you go to that person say, look, I'm offended because of this. You hurt my feelings because of this. Let's work it out. And when you do that, you can gain a brother. Not always. But it's been my experience most of the time that's the case. I challenge you, if someone has wronged you, go to them and work it out today. As I've told you before, look, if you've got a problem with your pastor, come to me. Let's work it out. Let's get it right. I can promise you, I know I'm not perfect. I know I fall. I know I make mistakes. I know from time to time I may do something I don't need to do or I may not do something I need to do. And if that's the case and that's offended you, let's get it worked out, can you say it Because if you don't, with any of your brothers and sisters in Jesus, that causes hard feelings uh, among the body of Christ. Um, that can hurt what God wants to do right here in this place. I love to read the writings of uh, the White L. Moody. For those of you who don't know the White L. Moody, he's the Billy Graham of his day, really who he was. And the Lord used him in a fantastic way. You know what he said? He said he felt the greatest sin in the church in his day that was keeping God from moving like God wanted to move. Was the sin of unforgiveness in God's people's lives? It hinders things. It hinders you. It hinders the body. Forgive freely. Second, in the requirements for truly forgiving someone, you need to forgive fully. Amen. Fully. Don't partially forgive this light. Like, hey, let it go. Let them go. Don't keep them on the hook because when you keep them on the hook, you put yourself on the hook. Like we said before, fully forgive them, and then number three, finally forgive them. Now, what I mean by that? Listen to me, husbands. If your wife has wronged you in some way, and she asked for forgiveness, and you gave her forgiveness, quit bringing it up every Tuesday night when you get in them spirited discussions. Same thing wives, if your husband has wronged you in some way, and you've worked it out, and you've got forgiveness, quit bringing it up every time he does something wrong. That's not real forgiveness when you continually bring that up over and over and over again. The Bible says that God puts our sin, guess where he puts it, as far as the east is from the west, in the sea of forgetfulness. Someone came to me. I preached a message on the Sea of Forgetfulness a few years ago. And someone came and said, Brother Israel, don't you tell us that God is omniscient, that He knows all things? And I said, yeah. He said, so He knows everything past, present, and future. I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, well, if God knows all things, and God is all-powerful, like you say He is, how in the world can God forget something? Good question really good question. This is how I answered that, and I believe it to be true. It's not really that God forgets, but God chooses to not remember. Now listen to me, folks. When you finally forgiven someone, when you've fully forgiven someone, when you've freely forgiven someone, choose not to remember and move on. If you want to heal that relationship. Let me give you the results now of forgiveness. Listen to me. When you forgive, first of all, you can get right with God. I love how the Bible puts this. The Bible says that if you get ready to go and and, and give an offering to the Lord... Jesus said, before, if you've got a, a, an offense against your brother, you've got something wrong in the relationship with your brother or sister, and you're going to give an offering to the Lord, before you go give that offering, go get that thing right with your brother or your sister. Because you can't rightly give to the Lord harboring feelings of unforgiveness. We can't rightly serve the Lord harboring feelings of unforgiveness. So the results of forgiving is, first of all, you get right with God. Then guess what? You can get right with people. You can heal those relationships. You can move forward and move on. You can gain peace and freedom from the chains of guilt and from the chain of bitterness. There's freedom from forgiveness. But you must offer forgiveness. You must Give forgiveness. Can you save me in? Everybody stand together. As I always do, I am asking you this morning, I'm pleading with you this morning, Don't just be a hearer of the Word, but be a doer also. It's important that we hear it with our ears. That's that's good that you're here. Praise God that you're here. Hey, come back Wednesday night. We'll do it all over again. Bring somebody with you. I'm glad you're here and hear it. That's good. But also we need to heed it. We need to leave this place and apply it. And if you're harboring any unforgiveness towards someone else, if there's something going on in any relationship with a brother or sister in Jesus that is hindering you and hindering the work, let's get it taken care of. Let's do what God says. And I can promise you this. When you do it God's way, you can and will receive God's blessings. If you believe it, say me this morning. Hey, move on. Let it go. Be tender-hearted and loving, forgiving others as Christ has forgiven you. That's the message. We're not going to have a song of invitation this morning. What I'm going to do is just pray for you. And I'm going to pray that God heals wounded hearts and wounded relationships, and God makes this real to us so that we can make application of it to our lives, however that needs to happen. I want to encourage you remember we're not having Sunday night small groups this month. We'll start back next Sunday night. So there'll be no services this evening. We will be having Wednesday night Bible study. 6 o'clock with the Saints, 7 o'clock for a Bible study. So remember that. Is there anything else I need to announce this morning? Please pray for those who are not here today. We've got several that are traveling. I know this is a busy weekend for people going all over. So pray for them. Um, that God would keep them safe. I've got a little girl in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, that um, I'm praying for too. as y'all pray for her. She's coming home later on today, probably. So, uh, please remember her when you pray. Anything else? I love you. Have you had a good time in the house of God today? Any good to rest in, rely, rely upon, and just be in God's presence with His people? And I enjoy this. I need this. I'm desperate for this. you got to have it. Let me pray for you right quick. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven us freely. And you've forgiven us fully. And, Lord, you forgave us finally. You choose to never remember again our sin, how good you are. You've imputed your righteousness to those who trusted in your Son, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we're asking you would convict hearts and change life today that you would heal relationship today that you would make this message your truth real to your people so that we can go out and do what you've told us to do be what you've told us to be in jesus name for your honor and your glory